The Ordinary Discussion Podcast. First off, I think when it comes to obedience, I hear, I don't know if women are this way, Emily, you'd have to tell me. Um, I, I would say they probably are because they're human. But I hear a lot of men rationalizing their disobedience. And I do it too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. For sure. That's one of my biggest struggles right now in life is I feel like it's like, man, I, I can rationalize I can rationalize anything right now. Mm-hmm. The world the, the world we live in is a world of rationalizing everything. Like everything is okay. Everything makes sense. You can be whatever you want, you can be whatever sex you want, gender, you can do what we can rationalize anything, right? But that's what Samuel did. That's what Saul did here. He, he rationalized that, hey, why would God want me to take the best and kill them? That's stupid. I'm going to keep the best, and I'm going to give him a, a, an offering because of it. Welcome to Ordinary Discussions. I'm here again with Emily Webb, Director of Ordinary Women. Hey, Emily. Hi. What is our topic today? Uh-oh. Okay. She doesn't know. She doesn't, like, she doesn't um, know our topic. We were just talking. This is going to be a great one. This is going to be so good. I already talked too much. Now it means I'm going to talk the whole time because you don't even know what we're talking about. <laughs> Whoops. I know that's not true. Why am I here again? <laughs> <laughs> Obedience, which is the third principle of our discipleship, uh, seven principles of discipleship. This is the third. Uh, obey him. So this is a this is a fun topic. Uh, a lot of challenge with it, uh, for sure, and mm-hmm. uh, a lot of heart check with it. But um, hang in with us because we're going to discuss two different types of obedience. What what I would like to call two different types. Some pitfalls around obedience. Um, like you could be obeying and maybe still falling into a, a category you don't want to be in. And uh, why obedience is paramount to being an, effect, an effective disciple that makes disciples. So we're going to hit those topics and uh, many more. This is, I, I really, as challenging as this is, I really actually enjoy this topic. What about you, Emily? I, do you even know the topic? Do you remember what it was? I think it's obey. Obey. <laughs> I got it now. All right. (laughs) Guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast and supporting us. As always, you can like, subscribe, comment, the whole nine yards. Uh, We love any support you can give us. And uh, we just hope that uh, what we're doing is helping to advance the kingdom. So keep supporting and sharing and and doing all that good stuff. So um, let's go ahead and get this started, okay? All right. All right. See you guys. do this obedience obedience that's our topic today right emily every kid's favorite word oh yeah we have a new puppy i don't even want to talk about that yes can we just talk about your new puppy real quick because he's really cute i wish you had a picture to show everybody oh i'll get west to put one up maybe maybe what i'll do is we'll cut right here Tate. His name is Tate. I call I've been him loving all the pictures and videos Jess is sending me. <laughs> I call him Tater. I call him Tater Tot. But my but my the word that <clears throat> there's always like a word that like sticks with your dog. I don't know. Do you have like weird names for your dogs? Uh-huh. My last dog, I had a weird name. I'm not gonna say it because it's kind of weird. But <laughs> this one is Taterade. I don't know why, but it's Taterade. <laughs> so whatever. That's what I call him. So has he has he bonded with you yet? Because I heard that was a bit of an issue in the beginning. There, there's a real problem going on in our house. Oh. 
I did not want a dog. So really? you guys probably listened to one of the podcasts before, Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, Getting Rid of Busy in Your Life, Getting Rid of... Uh, one of my favorite books is uh, the, less of, the, the More of Less, Finding Everything You Want Under Everything you, ne- you Don't Need or something like that. It's a great book, obviously. I can't remember the title. But it's a book on minimization. I've read it like three or four times. But minimization in the sense that it says uh, you promote the things in life that most matter and you minimize anything that distracts from them, right? So it's mm-hmm. like it's a promotion of life. It's not this distra- d- 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 subtraction. It's promotion. So the things that I value are like margin and the ability to travel and not having to deal with stuff. Extra that dog, love. Dogs are a pain in the butt. I love dogs. I, it's one of my favorite creatures on earth. I think I like I think I like them more than my kids, but oh, don't <laughs> no. I love dogs, but man, they are so much work and hassle, and I'm realizing it even more. I gave in. I didn't give in. My wife really wanted it. It was the right thing to do. I don't run a dictatorship. We're we're a household. But this dog does not like me. He it, knows. He can sense that you didn't want him. But I do want. I now he's the cutest dog in the world. Like I can't even help but like want. Like let me let me explain it in this terms. Like guys may understand this. Have you ever just like remember middle school when you just had the biggest crush on this girl, and like you just wanted her so bad to like you. You just wanted so bad for her to just look at you, and at least like acknowledge your existence. Uh, it's in my house right now. I'm a teenage boy, and I got this dog. Every time I every time I come near him, he runs the. Other way. Oh my- Oh, it's terrible. That's, so yeah, he really is struggling to. You need to figure out a way that it can be just the two of you, and then he just cries for Jess the entire time. <laughs> I told Jess this has got to change because I didn't want the dog to start with, and now this is this is making it even worse. But <laughs> well, I so. told her that those first, you know, the way that he came about and that little hookups with the travel. I was like, this is just extra bonding time and he's going to love you the most. And oh, that was right. He loves her the most, no doubt. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so we'll, we'll put some p- pictures up here and you guys tell me if he's cute or not. So maybe we'll get a comment. Maybe our first comment. No, we've had some comments, but come on guys, comment <laughs> on these things. Help us out. Comments help our ratings. It helps yeah, our viewership. It helps our YouTube uh, algorithms, which Again, Emily and I are not doing any of this for self-fulfillment. We don't get, we don't make a dime off this. It's not about our name. We're just trying to promote the word of God. So guys, come on, help us out. Help us out. Comment. Just say uh, great podcast or something like that. <laughs> cute, <laughs> cute, dog. cute dog. Funny, funny discussion, guys. Uh, whatever. Look, my hair's growing out. Say something about that. Oh, I, like, I like your longer uh, yeah. hair, Jeremy. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> I was going to say, I hope by the time this airs, you still have the dog. <laughs> we will because I... If that dog ever, something happens to it, I got another problem on my hands. Goodness gracious. Don't get me started. Let's get into obedience. So I was starting to talk about dogs. You said kids love obedience. I was like, well, dogs don't care for it too much either, apparently. But um, yeah, obedience. So let's just dive into this. Why is obedience important in the life of a disciple or a follower of Jesus? Well, first off, let's just look at the most famous verse of discipleship, which is the Great Commission, says all authority in heaven in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them. That was our last podcast was knowing him. So it's impossible to teach somebody something that you don't know. Teaching them what? To obey everything I've commanded you, right? And so obedience is is at the core 
of what Jesus is calling us to do. I mean, he didn't say, teach them, just teach them about me, teach them to follow me. I mean, he specifically said, teach them to obey everything that I've commanded you. So obedience is a really big part of what we, what we have to do as, as disciples. And, um, yeah, I mean, Emily, is it possible to teach someone to obey a commandment that you're ignoring? I think it is possible, but way less effective. <laughs> yeah, you're probably, that's probably the right, right answer, yes. Because, I mean, how many times have you said the words, do as I say, not as I do? Yeah, never, but like, you probably say never? that. <laughs> I'm sure I said You are that. a much better Christian than I am. No, Jeff. I say it all. I say it to my kids, I'm sure. I, I, but. Yeah. But right, but actions speak way louder than words. We know that. So your walk is going to be way more effective than your talk. So yeah. there's no way that you can teach somebody to obey something you're not already obeying yourself. Yeah. And so that goes back to something we talk about a lot, which is discipleship is more, more caught than taught, right? Mm-hmm. So you said actions speak louder than words. And that's exactly right. Like when we walk yeah. something out in our lives, like for example, um, I recently was talking to a gentleman that's struggling with an issue. He's divorced later in life. He's probably in his mid to late forties and he's dating again. Well, that's a very difficult thing to navigate because you've been married for all these years and, and there's, there's, there's a lot of complexity there without, without breaking it all apart here or or analyzing it here. But there's an obedience around that too, that the word of God calls us to. Right. And Mm -hmm. around our sexual conduct and around all, you know, living together and all those things. And so, for example, uh, I was using an example, maybe I have to, to change a little bit. What if he was, what if he was discipling someone and then telling them they have to obey the word of God, but yet he was doing the opposite of what the word of God said in those relationships. Right now, could he still be effective? I, I mean, he, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, the word of God never goes void. I mean, it always has a return, but it's going to be a lot less effective. And people versus if he never said a single word to anyone about those, those areas of obedience, but he just walked it out and people saw he didn't live with that person. He didn't sleep with that person. He didn't do the things that would be sinful in that example. And he, and he walked it out in, in extreme obedience. It would, it would have such an impact on the people in his life that he was trying to disciple. And so I I do think it's paramount to being an effective disciple is to walk out obedience in our own lives. Mm -hmm. I think about, um, I don't know why this came to mind, but Daniel, when he would open his windows and pray three times a day, like he never sent out an announcement that said he was going to go ahead and pray, but everybody knew they knew where to find him and they knew how to trap him in that. um, Because it was something that he modeled and did every single day. So he did it without, without using words, you know? Yeah. But does that mean like, so uh, I can, I can hear people thinking now, so can, like, if you're not living in obedience, does that mean you should just not disciple people? Like you should get everything, <laughs> you should get everything right. No. I mean, what, but how do you, how do you work through that? I mean, that's hard. I mean, so I know no is the answer, but I mean, how do you, how do you logically work through that? So you're, you're struggling with obedience in your own life or you're far from, per- I mean, none of us are perfect, right? So mm-hmm. I'm trying to disciple people, but yet I fall into a, an error. So how, or sin, let's just call it a sin. I fall into sin. So how does that work? How does, how does that work in discipleship in the context of discipleship to you? I think being honest about it, right? We are ordinary and we are trying to show how to live our faith 
in this life as ordinary people. So if you're struggling with something, open up to people about it and just say, listen, I understand that what I'm going through right now and what I'm doing is not the right thing. I'm really struggling here. Maybe you guys can pray for me. And then this is how you should walk this out. This is what I should be doing. I need some help in this. I think it's possible to, to still lead people in the right direction and struggle with things as long as you're honest about it. Instead of being a hypocrite and saying, I have it all together and mm -hmm. people know that you don't. I think there's people respect someone who is honest more than they would and humble more than they would somebody who just tries to cover up their sin. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that obedience is as much, <laughs> walking out obedience mm -hmm. has a lot to do with repentance. Um, sure. Yeah. And so when you're discipling others, as you're walking out discipleship with others, it's not about living a perfect life in front of them, although mm -hmm. we should try our best to, to obey. Um, but there's going to be times that we, that we don't. <clears throat> it's just, just what it is, unfortunately. Um, even the apostle Paul talks about it. He's like, I don't want to do these things yet. I do these things. Um, and unfortunately that is our, our state here on earth. But what we can do is this whole, this whole discipleship is more caught than taught. So someone can see me stumble, but they can also see me repent. Right. Right. And so it's not just like I stumbled, I, I, I cover it up and then I keep moving. It's like, no, they saw it. Now I'm going to, I'm going to show them what repentance looks like. And I'm going to walk mm -hmm. that out in my life. And it goes back to, gosh, that was years ago. We did this um, Kairos moments in our life with John Chandler. Mm -hmm. It just talks about the circle. And it's almost like you, you have this moment and then you repent and then you come back to God and then you keep moving. It's like, um, but yeah, I, I think that's really important to not discount yourself because maybe uh, I don't have it together enough to, to disciple someone. I think it's about, well, can I model a life that is pursuing obedience, like is my trajectory in the right, <laughs> going the right, um, the right yeah. way. And am I, am I modeling a pursuit of obedience with repentance when I'm not? And I think if that's the case, then we're doing the right thing is discipleship in discipleship and, and is discipling others because now we're teaching them and hopefully they'll catch that in their own heart that, mm -hmm. that, that they can, they can do the same. Yeah. And I think too, like sometimes the things that we're struggling with, maybe things that other people are struggling with and they're feeling the same way. Well, God can't use me because I'm going, you know, I'm not being obedient in this. Mm -hmm. So by showing them like how to move forward in that, um, I think you can disciple in that way. Yeah. So Emily, you mentioned to me as we were, even though you didn't know the topic in our intro, you mentioned to me, <laughs> you mentioned to me that there was something that you wanted to talk about specifically around this topic of obedience. And, and that is that like, why, why do we obey? Like, is it just like, oh, we have this God that's like put a thumb on us and we just now have to follow these rules. And so can you speak to that? Cause I, I, I think that's on your heart. Yeah. So I think it ties back to what we just, um, on our last podcast that you guys watched on, I'm assuming you watched it cause you're watching this one. Yeah. They watch so them all. On our, they watch them yeah, all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> on our last podcast that we did on, on knowing God and especially on the intimacy portion of it. And when you know someone and you love them, you want to obey them. So you are compelled. We are compelled to obey God because of our love for him and because of our deep relationship with him. Those, those things kind of go hand in hand. One of my favorite verses is um, John, I think it's John 4, 15. Um, that says, mm, that's not it. 
Oh my gosh, one of my favorite, and I don't even know the the. You sound like me right it. now, Emily. <laughs> John fourteen fifteen. I, 14, 15. I I was talking about my favorite book, and I couldn't remember the title. <laughs> uh. um, if you love me, you will obey what I command, right? And it's not like it's not God saying, "Well, if you love me, you'll do this." It's Him saying. Um, if you love me, like show me your love, like because of your great love for me, obey my commands. Like, because we love him, we will obey him. And it's, it's just because of our deep relationship with him, we desire to obey him. And that's how we show our relationship. That's how we show the depth of it is through our obedience. Well, you know, John 14, 23 through 24, um, I think I'm going to jump to 24 says, anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. Oh, this is, this is, I mentioned this last podcast too. Oh yeah. Cause I always say, Hey guys, these are tough words. These are Jesus's <laughs> words, not mine. Like I, I agree with them, but I, Jesus said it. And so Jesus does the same thing I said. He says, anyone who does not love me will not obey me or my teachings. These words you hear are not my own. <laughs> they belong mm-hmm. to the father who sent me. And so I think it's, I think we need to take that. I would take it one step further, which is Jesus. Uh, I don't know if Jesus says it. I know it's in the word of God. Maybe Apostle Paul says it. It says, uh, we love because he first loved us. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Well, why do we love? We love because he first loved us. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, um, it's like he loved us. That's why we love. And because he first loved us and we love him so much, now we keep his commandments. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's really a beautiful thing. It's not some punitive, like it's, it's something we want to do. Right? right. It's a reflection of our love for him. That's right. Our obedience. Like that's how we reflect that. Yeah. And that's how I look at works in general. Like, you yeah. know, some people may say, man, you guys are all about this discipleship thing. Like, why can't I just be, why can't I just be with God? Why can't, well, I don't know because James makes it pretty clear that it's tough to have faith without works. He said it's impossible, I think. And it's it's really, I don't know that it's possible to deeply love someone and not want to to further them, walk out what they've asked you to do, obey them. And Jesus has called us to all these things, right? right. This obedience is what Jesus has called us to. So if we love him, we should. it's almost like a joy to do it. Should be. It was the last thing he said to us, right? It was the last thing he said to his disciples before he went to heaven. He saved the best for last. He knew it would be the, the, the only thing they would remember <laughs> is that last thing. And that's why he saved it to last. Go and make disciples. You know, I love this verse. It's Romans 6, 16, mm-hmm. because as we talked about, I mean, obedience, there's, there's something in us that pushes back. It's like, mm, who, who are you to tell me? Uh-huh. Like, I know, I know just in everyday life with other, like, it was, it was, I mean, let's look at the mask mandate, right? So it's like, who are you to tell me to wear a mask? And then the other person's like, who are you to tell me you're not going to wear a mask? And everybody's like, I'm not obeying you because you ain't my boss. Remember when you were a kid, you ain't my dad. (laughs) You ain't my mom. I always loved that when I used to work in the nursery and kids, kids would say that to me. I was like, oh, (laughs) you're lucky I'm not your dad because I'd be spanking your bottom. (laughs) I'm shocked you worked in the nursery. Not very much. Not very much. They didn't call you back after the second. (laughs) No. I think, yeah, there's probably still kids that are tormented because of me. <laughs> yeah. Grace Church of Fredericksburg. I did. I worked nursery with my wife. Unreal. Wow. I, was a, I was a saint back then, apparently. Not anymore. <laughs> Don't get any ideas, uh, Bell Valley Calvary Chapel. <laughs> Ain't having it. But here's Romans 6, 16. So if you have this attitude like, man, I, 
who, who is God to tell? I mean, that's mm-hmm. a pretty stupid comment, but like, what do you mean I have to obey? Like, what, what do you mean? It's my life. I have free will, blah, blah, blah. Well, listen to this. In Romans 6, 16, it says, don't you know that when you offer yourself to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves to the one you obey? So and then he says, whether you are a slave to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. So listen, if you don't obey, then you're obeying your sin nature. If you do obey the word of God in the obedience in the in the commandments of Christ, then you are obeying Christ, which leads to righteousness, right? Mm-hmm. So you can choose. You're obeying something either way. So if you have this attitude of like, man, I, you know, you have this little inside of you, like I ain't, I ain't gonna be told do what to do. I want. Yeah. Well, guess what? You're obeying sin. <laughs> so no matter what, you're obeying someone. So if you're going to obey someone, why not le- why not obey the thing that leads to everlasting life and righteousness versus the thing that leads to death? Mm-hmm. Do you remember that old song in uh, um, Sunday school? I was just thinking about it. Trust and obey. Yeah, you want sing me to it. sing it? <laughs> you can sing it. Do you remember no. it? Mm-hmm. Trust and obey. There's no love. To be happy in Jesus. So, like, I was thinking about that with obedience when you said, you know, all of us want to push back when someone tells us to do something. And why is that? Right? Because we feel like our way is the best way. We feel like we know it all and we don't want to listen to someone else. And so with obedience comes trust in that person that they have a better way than you have, that they Mm. know something more than you know, that they're going to lead you in a better direction. Mm-hmm. So you have to have humility and a little bit of trust when it comes to obedience. Yeah, a lot of trust and faith. And I think we talked about that in the Holy Spirit session as well. It's like, you know, when the Holy Spirit leads you to something or when God calls you to obey something, you have to believe that, well, just what you said, that God knows better for you than you know for you. That takes a lot of faith. I struggle with that a lot. Uh, especially in the day and age where we're supposed to be pursuing the American dream. I just listened to the book Radical by David mm-hmm. Platt. And... Ella's actually reading that in her Bible class right now. Oh, really? It's a good one. Mm-hmm. It is. And and he pushes back a lot on the American dream. It's like, yeah, the American dream tells you this, the American dream. But then when you read the word of God, it's contrary to the American dream. Like mm-hmm. it's, not about pers- it's not about pursuing wealth so you can have all the things that you ever wanted and it's not about, it's about giving it away. It's about helping the poor. It's about giving of your life. It's about pouring yourself out. It's like everything contrary. And so, I, I mean, that's, that's tough for me even now. It's like when I feel this nudge inside to do something contrary to this American dream or this way of life that we've created for ourselves in the U.S. of A, um, it, it, it's tough. It's like, well, how can, how can what God's calling me to be better than that? How can giving away money be better than trying to make another million? Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it, it, it's, it's tough. Um, but we have to we have to believe that that his ways are greater than our ways. So. so then obeying the Holy Spirit would be one form of obedience, not just what we're told in his word. Yeah, so I Is think there's yeah, I think there's two forms of obedience. Um, let's end with that one. Uh, but I think the first one is just the commandments in the word of God and what Jesus tells us to do. Like we are called to obey those things. Those are pretty cut and dry things. Wouldn't you agree? Can you give me some examples? I mean, the 10 commandments, let's look at those, right? (laughs) They pretty much encompass it all. (laughs) Everything kind of fits in there. No, I don't mean to be, to be, uh, flippant with that. No, really like the 10 commandments or, you know, um, Jesus says to, to make disciples. 
what's that tithing? Uh, well, the tithing could could be argued, and it's argued amongst among, uh, many many people. It's like, well, that was the the old that was the old law, you know, that was the old covenant. We have a new covenant, but I love that conversation. I love when people get in that <laughs> conversation with me. So those of you that are that are listening are like, yeah, that's right, man. I don't have to tithe. That was old covenant. We're in the new covenant of grace. Well, pull up the the Sermon on the Mount and look what Jesus does. He takes everything in the old and takes it to the nth level. He says, oh, you think it's a sin if you you commit adultery. I say it's a sin if you think about it, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. That's just one example. You can can do them all. He takes every one of them and says, oh, you think this is a problem. I say it's a problem if you even think about it, if you even – dwell on it. All these things are like, it's like, I could never live up to that. And that's what Jesus is trying to say is even if you could keep the law, which you could not, you, you cannot do anything to obtain the righteousness that's needed to get into heaven. Like mm-hmm. only I can give you that, right? That's what he's setting up. Only I can give you that. So I would say this, if you say that you're not under the old covenant and you're giving, which was a 10% tithe, let's say, some would argue that, let's just say it's 10%. Then, uh, then maybe maybe God's saying that the old covenant was ten percent, <laughs> the new covenant is a hundred percent. Are you going to give it all? Because what I heard him say to the rich young ruler was, "If you want to follow me, you have to sell everything." Right. Mm-hmm. So, I, I would challenge to say that my, my I, I'm going on this tangent. I'd like to do a. I would love to do a a series on money. I would love to do a series, and maybe I will a series, a podcast series on money, but. This uh, obedience around giving, let's, let's take it away from tithing and make it about giving. This obedience around giving is so important, I think. And I think so many people uh, stifle God's blessing in their life. And I'm not just talking about financial blessings. I'm talking about many different areas uh, because of their, their greed around that. Mm-hmm. And um, where was I heading? I don't know. Um, I was heading down a path. But, but, I, but I do think it's... Uh, you can't, you can't argue one and discount the other. Mm-hmm. And so no matter if you believe in tithe or not, I would think at a minimum, if you're not giving away 10% of what God has blessed you with, that you probably need to check your heart. How about that one? I would agree with that. So, yeah, but that would be one. That so yeah, one. tithing is one. <laughs> yeah. Giving to the poor, discipleship. Um, uh, gosh, I don't know. You put me on the spot a little bit. <laughs> But I mean the Ten Commandments. Let's just look at those, right? There, you can the Sabbath holy. Yeah, That's keep the Sabbath holy. Yeah, and some people argue about that. You know, old Old Covenant versus New Covenant. Like, do we have to keep the Sabbath? But I would just say, well, he gave it. Jesus said the Sabbath was for man. The Sabbath was for man, not for God. So if Jesus says it's for us. We should probably keep it. Yeah, but but I think you know every. I, you could probably read a chapter of any book of the Bible and find something that the Word of God is prompting you to obey. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't put it, you know, like idol worship. Right. Like I read that I'm reading the old Testament. Like that is a common yeah. thing in the old Testament. It was like yeah. idol worship. They came back from it. Idol worship came back from it. Like constant. Right. Uh, so all those things, I think I'm not saying they're easy to obey, but it's easy to understand them. And I think that that's one form of obedience. Mm-hmm. Any, any additional on that before we move to the second? No, I do have something to say, but I'll have, I'll, I'll say it when we're done with the second. Okay. Before we go to the second, there's one thing that I want to point out. It's, it's, it's a, it's a story in the Bible that has, has meant a lot to me through the years. And it has, um, it's actually caused me to check my heart many times and it's convicted me many times, uh, in my own life. And that's first Samuel 15, right? So 
Saul is rebuked by Samuel for not obeying the exact instruction given to him by God. Right? So God gives Samuel instructions, and um, he, he follows them mostly, <laughs> just like we do when we have been. So, so anyhow, uh, Saul had a bunch of excuses behind his actions. So in uh, 1 Samuel 15, verse 3, it says, Now go attack the Amalekites and totally destroy all that belongs to them. Now this is the instruction. Do not spare them. Put to death men and women. Yeah, I know this is a tough verse. Do not spare them. Put to death men and women, children and infants, cattle and sheep, camels and donkeys. Instead, upon defeating the Amalekites and putting all to death, Saul's men took back the sheep and cattle for the plunder and the best of which they sacrificed to God. Right? So then, (laughs) this is a tough... So this is how Paul lost his anointing as king. This is when, when David was, soon after this is when David was anointing king. This was a straw mm-hmm. that broke the camel's back, right? So, yeah. but you would say, no, that was obedience. He did everything God called him to do. And he kept the best of the sheep and he kept the best of the camels and the donkeys and he offered them up as sacrifice to the Lord. And from that, we get 1 Samuel fifteen twenty two through 23, it says, uh, but Samuel replied, does Samuel, so this is the prophet rebuking um, Saul, right? So Samuel mm-hmm. comes and God says, hey, you need to rebuke Saul. He did not obey me. And, and Samuel says to Saul, does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? So he's like, yeah, that's great. You, 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 you took these animals and, and the best of the best, and, and you probably kept a bump. Probably what he did is he probably kept 90% for himself and, and he sacrificed 10%. Because mm-hmm. that's what we would do. It's like, I'm going to twist the, I'm going to twist this thing in business. And when God blesses me, I'll just give him 20% and send my 10%, right? So pre taxes or post taxes? Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, yeah, we all do it, right? So does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice and to heed is better than the fat of rams. For rebellion is like the sin of divination and listen to this for rebellion is like the sin of divination and arrogance like the evil of idolatry mm-hmm. rebellion is like is arrogance like the evil of idol he he god says that rebellion disobedience is like idolatry because you're putting yourself above you're, you're putting you're putting yourself above God, right? Because right. you have rejected the word of God, He has rejected you as King. Boom, you're done. Pretty tough. Now there was a couple of incidences before that that God had to rebuke him. So this is kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. Now I bring this up because, first off, I think when it comes to obedience, I hear I don't know if women are this way, Emily. You would have to tell mm-hmm. me. Um, I, I would say they probably are because they're human. But I hear a lot of men rationalizing their disobedience. Yeah. And I do it too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. For sure. That's one of my biggest struggles right now in life is I feel like it's like, man, I, I, can, rationalize, I can rationalize anything right now. Mm-hmm. The, world, the, the world we live in is a world of rationalizing everything. Like Everything is okay. Everything makes sense. You can be whatever you want. You can be whatever sex you want, gender. You can do what. We can rationalize anything. Right. But that's what Samuel did. That's what Saul did here. He, he rationalized that, hey, why would God want me to take the best and kill them? That's stupid. I'm going to keep the best and I'm going to give him mm-hmm. a, a, an offering because of it. And so I'm in this men's group um, I go to on, on Friday mornings here. And, uh, and I'm not young, but I'm the youngest guy there. And it's actually really cool uh, to be in that room. I mean, some of these guys are in their 80s, 70s, 60s. Mm. 
and, and I hear them talking through struggles in life. And, and guys, trust me, you'll never get there. These guys have been pursuing the Lord their entire lives, and they're still they're still uh, wrestling with the, with similar things that we're wrestling with. So just know it's not it's a journey, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. not a it's not a destination. So just enjoy your journey, and that's what that's taught me. But one thing that I hear them say, and I've heard it said several times, and these are guys in their seventies, and they say, "The older I get, the better I am at rationalizing my sin. The older oh, I get, wow. the the better I am at rationalizing it. Like I can rationalize anything, you know. And I think we have to be really <laughs> careful in our obedience." Uh, of rationalizing things, especially when, because what we do is we rationalize them based on our environment around us, which is <laughs> the United States is not, uh, you can't rationalize what you're doing based on what society says is right and wrong. So I just want to point that out because I think it's really important. Yeah. I like his excuse. He was afraid of the people. So he gave in to them. That's what he says. <laughs> so. yeah. a, I'm the king, but I'm afraid of the people. Mm-hmm, sure. You are. <laughs> sure. Uh, so, okay. Obedience. So that's obedience. Make sure we're not rationalizing uh, disobedience because we're really good at it. Ordinary men offered for me, and I think for a lot of the guys in our group, uh, a place where we could really open up, share our hearts, kind of enter in, in, into each other's struggles and successes and kind of celebrate each other's growths. And, I've been a part of a lot of men's groups and different church groups over the years, but Ordinary Men was intriguing to me because um, of the intimacy aspect. It wasn't just intimacy with you know, scripture or some sort of curriculum or study, but it was intimacy with God and intimacy with each other. And there's a level of vulnerability and trust that you can't really cultivate kind of in your normal scope of life. Ordinary Men is a discipleship process that brings an ancient concept into our modern lives. Whether you are personally looking to grow in intentional relationships, or to find closer intimacy with Jesus, or you're a church looking for a pathway to multiply disciples, Ordinary Men is for you. To find out more on how you can join the movement, go to theordinarymen.com. Ordinary Men, disciples making disciples. And then there's another form of obedience, and you want to you want to start that one off, Emily? Yeah, we all, we already kind of touched on it, but um, I would say just like heeding the calling of the Holy Spirit. So we have a lot of written commands in the Bible, but then there's also God gave us the Holy Spirit to live within us, so that we would know on a daily basis what to do. And some of us are either quenching the spirit or we're just flat out ignoring the Holy Spirit when he asks us to do something. And that would be a definite form of disobedience that a lot of us would not like to admit. Yeah. And I think even though we just spent a good amount of time on on that last one, I think this is the one for people going through ordinary men and ordinary women that probably is, is the most pertinent, uh, mm-hmm. meaning most people that are that are trying to have a deeper walk with the Lord, that are engaged in a discipleship process and such, um, are usually pretty obedient in the Word of God, and they're mm-hmm. they're trying hard to to walk out what God has has put in the Word of God. I, I I believe that you know we're not as we mentioned, none of us are perfect, but but that is normally the case. The one that I think is really difficult for for many believers, and what I see. I see it constantly, actually, is this walking out of the calling of the Holy Spirit on their lives. I see a lot of really obedient believers 
very, very knowledgeable believers, very obedient believers in the, I would call it surface obedience. It's probably not, it's probably not the right word, but mm-hmm. on, on the, the check the box obedience. But when it comes to walking out what God puts on their heart, I feel like they, they give the stiff arm a lot. And, and man, I've been there. Emily, you've probably been there. Yeah. I don't know. I can't speak for you, but. And it's easy also to rationalize that. Oh yeah. To, to second guess or to say, well, I don't think I really heard that or that's probably not what he really wants me to do. So it's definitely easy to get, to talk yourself out of hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit and obeying. Yeah. Especially when it's something that's uncomfortable and difficult. Yeah. I need to have somebody on that, that um, really can speak on hearing the voice of God and, and walking out obedience around, around that. I'm not sure I'm the person to talk through that per se, but I mean, I've, I've had, I can talk through my example, some, some really strong examples in my life and, mm-hmm. and, and such. Um, but there's probably much better advice than I can give, but that is, that is so, it is so difficult uh, to, to know, like, man, is it for me? It's like this. Um, maybe I'm giving myself too much credit. I probably am, but I really want to obey the Lord. I really want to hear the Holy spirit and do what he says. I really want to live a life that is sacrificial to him and that is willing, right? Mm-hmm. Almost, and, and I'm probably, this is probably pride. Uh, I, I'm feeling like maybe, <laughs> I don't know. So I, I say this with, with a great deal of care. I'm a little careful in saying this because I, but anyhow, I want it so much that sometimes I feel like that I can make myself a martyr in it. Meaning it's like, mm-hmm. If there's something that I really enjoy that takes my time, I think that I should sacrifice that thing because there's no way God could allow me to have that and still, uh, not that he can't allow it. Like, is it competing with him? Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's, that's one of the things that I struggle with is, I know it may sound silly, but it's like around hobbies and some things like that. It's like, mm-hmm. man, do I have freedom to do this? I know I have time to do it, but do I have freedom to do it. And am I taking too much time doing it? I, I don't know. Uh, it may sound may sound really so may sound really silly, but I think things with that, like that. I think about that verse in Hebrews, but also once we get further along in the study, that sermon that John Piper gave mm-hmm. the question: Does it help you run? Yeah. Right. I feel like I'm constantly saying that to myself: Does mm-hmm. it help you run? Like it might be good, it might be fun, but does it help you run? Does it help you run the race? Um. Does it help draw you closer to God? Does it help you make disciples? Does it help you in your Christian walk? And if the answer is no, then probably not. If the answer is yes, you know, like maybe your your fly fishing is a time where you really connect with the Lord and that the Holy Spirit really speaks to you in the quietness of, you know, being in the stream. Like that would be, that would be a yes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that goes back to the rationalizing. <laughs> rationalizing. <laughs> I don't think that's rational. No, no, no. I don't think it is. I no, no, that's... no. I'm not saying that towards you. I'm saying that's where uh, I get like, man, am I rationalizing this? Am I, am uh, I just trying to, because I really enjoy it. Am I, am I trying to keep doing it? <laughs> no, no. I wasn't saying you are. Well, I, think, I think, I actually think you're right. It is my yeah. recharge. It is how I recharge. Yeah. You know? yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. So, so you get to keep laughing. <laughs> Great. Thanks. Um, <laughs> But I think what you're talking about and what, what I wanted to say to wrap up both of the, the forms of obedience is it is, it's all about the heart and like mm-hmm. you're, you're showing your heart in that and your desire to serve the Lord and to want to obey. Mm-hmm. And that's what God calls us to. That's what he wants from us. He just wants us to want 
to obey him. Yeah. You know, like, and sometimes I, so I, there have been times in my, in my walk with God, where I've had to pray that, like, please help me to want to want to obey you, Yeah. you know, cause the desire hasn't always been there, yeah. but that's what he wants for us. He wants, he just wants our hearts and he wants us to be motivated to obey by, because of our love for him. Yeah. So, yeah. It's good stuff. This is super challenging. This second aspect of obedience is super challenging, but, but I would say it can be really challenging. It can also, we can make it more challenging than it is. And, and I, I, I like to say, well, if the thing that you feel like the Holy spirit is nudging you towards is Christ centered, kingdom minded, and opposite of what you would want to do yourself, he's probably <laughs> calling you to do it. <laughs> you know, right. it's probably, it's, it's not something that you're conjuring up if it's not something that you would want to do on your own, right? So walk mm-hmm. it out. And um, I would say, I'm just going to be pointed in this because we're talking about the seven principles of discipleship. If you're going through ordinary men or ordinary women, if you've been through ordinary men or ordinary women, if you're listening and you haven't, but you have discipleship on your heart and mind, which I certainly hope you will, because um, actually that reminds me of our the uh, the the quote for this session, which was discipleship is not an option. Jesus says that if anyone would come after me, he must follow me. I just I thought it was an interesting quote, but I would say that is something he's called us to obey. I don't think it's a suggestion. I think it's a commandment. Like he says, mm-hmm. go make disciples. He doesn't say, hey, if you want to, go make them. And I think that what we do here is a great tool and a great platform to utilize to make disciples. And I got to say, it breaks my heart. <laughs> I'm just going to share my, my heart here a little bit. It breaks my heart the number of people that go through ordinary men and ordinary women. And we know they're qualified because we talk about it all the time. We're ordinary people. We're qualified because God mm-hmm. has called us that don't take the next step in utilizing ordinary men and women to disciple others in their lives. And I'll say it again. I've said it a thousand times. I'll keep saying it so nobody gets me wrong. It's not about growing ordinary men and ordinary women. If these same people were leaving, were, were going through this year-long process and taking the next steps into starting another ministry or getting engaged in something else or, or discipling people in a different way using another process or another tool, I don't care. It doesn't need to be this tool. But what I find is they either do ordinary men. It's like uh, 5% will do something else, which is amazing. We champion them. I was just talking to Alex Rossi about that today, actually. He's Mm -hmm. starting an organization called uh, Disciples Making Disciples. And I was like, man, that's great. He's going to cross, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a missionary type uh, environment. Mm -hmm. I love it. He said it wasn't, he was somewhat inspired with the name because of what he did in ordinary men. I thought that was a great, a great testament to, to, to that. So it's not about ordinary men and women, but I find that they either use this tool and platform mm-hmm. or they go back to what they were doing before. And it honestly, it honestly breaks my heart. Yeah. And, and I, I don't mean that mean to anybody, I, but man, it's like you talk about rationalizing. I mean, I can tell you, you want to hear, I can give you a list of rationalizations of why not to lead an ordinary men's group. I got a list this long of why not, why you should not lead an ordinary men's group because everybody has a rationalization of why they should not be discipling someone else in their life. And now maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe there's more of that happening than I see. And, and I hope there is, and I'm not trying to be critical towards people or it just, man, I'm so, I'm so passionate about the fact that if we can point people to intimacy and we can point people to discipleship, that we can change the environment around us that, 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 I mean, I'm just, Yeah. I just want to see that. 
So maybe that's an area of obedience that some of you listening can can step out in. So there's a challenge. Take it. Well, cool. Well, I want to just kind of. Do you have anything before I? I got something I want to read to end with. Go ahead. You're, you're good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, one quote I, I actually like around this topic of obedience. It's a. It's a. Um, I think it's maybe this. Maybe Tim Keller. I think, but he says. Um, if the God you serve ne- never disagrees with you, you may be. If the God you serve never dif- disagrees with you, you may be worshiping an idealized version of yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important when we look at discipleship, when we look at obedience. I and mean, there's a lot of things in the Word of God that go against counterculture to what what culture would say is okay. That we have to be called to be obedient with, and you may not even agree with it. You may not agree, like you like let's like, you may not agree that homosexuality is wrong, right? But the Bible's pretty clear that it is, right? So you may say, "I just wish everybody could do whatever they wanted." Well, okay, great. Let's say let's say I believe that. Okay, it doesn't matter. It's not my opinion. When I when I when I become a follower of Christ, I put my opinions and my beliefs aside, and I adopt His. And so obedience isn't about agreeing with everything God says to do, because if everything that God says to do, you agree with, you're worshiping yourself. Trust me, there's going to be things that he calls you to obey and that you're not going to agree in. So I think that's important to know. And then I just want to wrap up with this. Uh, I'll just read it from, from the book. It's uh, the OM book. It says to bring this back around to our topic of discipleship. If you want to lead others to be disciples who make disciples, obey the Lord in the area of his calling of his calling on your life. If you want others around you to catch discipleship, Model a life fully committed to his purpose, purposes for you, fully committed in faith to his plan for your life. Yes, a life of obeying his commands is compelling, but a life focused on hearing his voice and acting on his calling is contagious. A life of true obedience is one of action, heart, and faith. And so let's all be contagious. Let's, let's follow him in his commandments, but let's also follow him in what he's calling us to do and the voice of the Holy Spirit. Oh, timer's going off. It's time to end. Perfect timing. <laughs> Guys, thanks so much. Uh, I've enjoyed doing these, la- these last couple podcasts on the, uh, the principles of discipleship. We have how many more? Four more? Four more, I think. Four more? So make I sure you guys. Oh, so. yay, finish line. Yeah, make sure you guys tune in, and, uh, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks so much.